Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse right in the middle of it or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist, brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now, here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today, I want to talk to you about what it's like as a child who has grown up from a narcissistic parent. And I'm going to take it from the perspective of someone who's like later in life realizing, hey, my parent was narcissistic and that's what I was growing up with in childhood. And what I want to do is walk through the traits uh, with you of narcissism and then show you how those traits have a great impact on a child during their developmental years. And so we're going to use the example of Ida. Um, because I think that would be a great place to start. So Ida realized that her mom was a narcissist somewhere where she was in her 20s. But what she didn't expect was the developmental impact that this had on her childhood. Normally, a child is given the freedom to explore and express their individuality so they can develop into a confident and well-balanced adult. This is what we work for. This nurturing environment prioritizes the needs of the child over the parent without overindulging them. But this didn't happen for Ida. Instead, Ida was hypersensitive to what other people might think about her. Her mother emphasized appearance and demanded perfection from her. When Ida would gain even a few pounds, her mother would berate her and tell her that no one would love a fat person. She would say that Ida was an embarrassment and her mom would refuse to buy her new clothes or take her out until she lost the weight. Naturally, 
Ida developed severe anxiety, depression, and an eating disorder. Not really surprising. As she entered her late teens, she added drinking and some drugs to that mix. Unable to please her mother, Ida chose instead to please her friends, who were also engaging in an unhealthy lifestyle. Ida was unaware of her dysfunctional narcissistic parent as a child. She didn't know her mom was a narcissist. It wasn't until rehab that she actually fully accepted her mom's false perception of reality. Remember that narcissists all have this false perception of reality. Even though her mom insisted on Ida going to the rehab, her mom got very angry during parents' weekend. Ida's now healthy perspective of things became a threat to her mother because it exposed the poor narcissistic parenting. So as a result, what do you expect? Her mother completely withdrew, complaining that the rehab had ruined her daughter. But for Ida, this was just the start. Without her mom's voice in her ear, the years of narcissistic parenting revealed far more devastating consequences. So... Using the symptoms of narcissism as a starting point, we're going to talk about the results of dysfunctional parenting and what that road to recovery really looks like. Number one, grandiosity breeds criticalness. So Ida's mom manifested her accomplishments to the point that Ida believed she was actually superhuman. Ida desperately tried to live up to the image of her mother. However, when she became close, her mom would then rise the bar again just to keep it out of reach. Ida then became overly critical of her own actions, believing she needed to be perfect. So her mom's grandiosity bred criticalness in Ida. So how does she recover from that? Ida had to accept her imperfections and embrace them as a normal part of herself. Instead of trying to please others, she had to learn how to please herself. That was number one. Number two, idealism breeds despair. Ida's mom created her own fantasy world where she was all-powerful, brilliant, and beautiful. Ida was expected to be the physical extension of her mother. When Ida achieved an award, it was as if her mother had gotten it instead. Since no success was solely at the hands of Ida, Ida had lost hope that her accomplishments actually mattered. This generated feelings of despair and despondency. So idealism in her mother bred despair in Ida. How does she recover? Ida had to make a list of her accomplishments and unique talents. Whenever she would feel down, she would review this list in order to gain a more accurate perception of reality. That also counteracts that inaccurate perception of reality or the distorted perception of reality that a narcissist has. Number three, superiority breeds inferiority. For Ida's mother, being average was as bad as below average. Since narcissists believe they are superior and can only associate with other superior people, their children by extension must be exceptional. This pressure was overwhelming to Ida, who realized she was not extraordinary in everything she did. As a result, this unrealistic expectation set by her mother generated feelings of inferiority. I can never be good enough was a common thought that Ida would have. 
So superiority from her mother bred inferiority in Ida. How does she recover? Ida had to literally start saying every day, I am enough. She would have to start her day that way and that her day that way in order to counteract all of the negative thinking and to empower herself. Number four, attention-seeking breeds anxiety. Her mom needed a daily feeding of attention, affection, affirmation, or adoration. When Ida was small, she learned that the quickest way to get her own needs met was to fill the needs of her mother first. This is behavioral conditioning at its finest. However, Ida's anxiety manifested as she constantly tried to anticipate and meet the needs of her mom to prevent the emotional backlash. So, attention-seeking in her mom bred anxiety in Ida. How does she recover from that? The more Ida was away from her mother, the more her anxiety diminished and she was actually able to enjoy the relief of the pressure from anxiety. So the road to recovery involved her getting physically away from her mom. Number five, entitlement breeds shame. By the nature of being a parent, Ida's mom expected her to go along with whatever she wanted. The wants or desires of Ida was constantly overshadowed or belittled by her mom. This generated feelings of shame in Ida as she began to invalidate her own likes and dislikes in favor of her mom. Consequently, Ida became a shell, believing her uniqueness and individuality was shameful. So entitlement in her mother bred shame in Ida. What's the road to recovery? Ida had to make a list of what she liked. Taking clues from the musical lyric from The Sound of Music, these are a few of my favorite things, Ida made her own list of favorite items and would review them and return to them often. Number six, selfishness breeds mistrust. In the pursuit of self-preservation, Ida's mom justified taking advantage of others, including Ida. Ida's childish behaviors were met with swift and severe punishment despite her mother's constant modeling of the same behavior. The narcissist abuses their parental role by diverting attention from their selfishness and instead highlights the deficiencies of their child. This propagated mistrust in Ida as she ascertained her mother to be unsafe and untrustworthy. So selfishness in her mother bred mistrust in Ida. How does she recover? Instead of trusting her mother, Ida had to focus on other healthy relationships in her life to establish a trusting bond. A lifelong friend was the perfect replacement for her mom in this case. Number seven, indifference breeds over-responsibility. Even when Ida was excitedly talking about a new adventure, her mother would tune Ida out or divert the conversation to make it all about her. Worse yet, when Ida was in pain, either emotionally or physically, there was no empathy or understanding. Sadly, Ida didn't get this as her mother's problem. Rather, she assumed the responsibility that somehow she was in the wrong. This resulted in an internal nagging of needing to take responsibility for the flaws or faults of others. 
So her mother's indifference bred over responsibility. How do you recover? Well, Ida had to stop taking responsibility for other people's actions and allow them to make their own mistakes. She had to realize, which was a hard lesson for her to learn, that she is only responsible for herself. Number eight, materialism breeds dissatisfaction. Narcissists have a way of using material possessions to elevate themselves over others and control behavior. Ida's mom used gift giving as a way of demanding performance from Ida. If Ida did what was expected, she got elaborate and expensive gifts. But if Ida did not live up to the expectations, she did not get a gift at all. And this included even for her birthdays or holidays. The use of material objects in this manner actually steals the joy of the item, as Ida was in constant fear that the gift was going to be revoked for lack of performance. So Ida's mom's materialism bred dissatisfaction in Ida. How do you recover? Ida had to decide that she didn't want to be so materialistic, so she went the opposite extreme and became minimalistic. This allowed her not to feel the pressure of having stuff, and thereby her mom could not control that aspect any longer. The last one is number nine. Arrogance breeds inauthenticity. While Ida's mom put on a show of snootiness to everyone outside the home, those inside, especially Ida, saw the deep-rooted insecurity that lied beneath the facade. However, if Ida dared to expose the insecurity, she was swiftly gaslighted and made to look crazy. This taught Ida never to reveal her own insecurities, resulting in a lack of genuineness. So her mother's arrogance actually bred inauthenticity in Ida. How did she recover? Ida had to embrace her faults and instead of hiding them, expose them in a humorous manner. This gave her a feeling of control and power. So I hope as you listen to this, this was helpful for you. Because fortunately, these childhood patterns can be reversed through an understanding of narcissism and awareness of the false truths that narcissism tells and breeds and a more accurate perception of reality. Counseling is often extremely beneficial in exposing and in eradicating the lies of narcissistic parenting. I hope this was helpful for you and that it inspired you to want to do more of your own work so that you can be on the full road to recovery from narcissism. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. For more information, visit GrowWithChristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.